You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. This is Courtney Bowser, and she's going to be speaking today. Um, yeah, why not? yeah, we're going to give a little hello. Um, let's pray quickly. Lord, thank you for Courtney and uh, who you've made her to be and the word that you've given her today for us. And I pray that we would have open ears and open hearts to hear everything that you have for us this morning. For your glory, we pray. Amen. Thanks. Well, I have to say that it was pretty cool. Emily and I were talking earlier what the Holy Spirit does because when we had prayer in that room before the service, I had communicated to Antley what I was going to be speaking on this morning, but I hadn't communicated it to anyone else. And so David said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm, I'm talking about freedom and God setting us free. And Susie was like, oh my gosh, that's what my whole set is on this morning in the music. And then Joan came up and gave that testimony. And so there's obviously a freedom theme going on here this morning. But before I get started, I really feel like um, I just have something I need to say to someone in this room. I was sitting on my couch this morning just drinking lots of coffee, trying to wake up and get ready. And um, I I feel like there's someone here that the Lord just really wants to encourage you. um, That you're to the point where you're really questioning the goodness of God. That that song we we were singing about, The Road Marked with Suffering, that there has been a lot of suffering in your life lately especially. A lot of things where you've tried to hold fast and say, God, I know you're good. I know you're good. But this morning in particular, whoever you are, that even as you were getting dressed to come to church, it was more of an act of willpower as opposed to truly the desire of your heart because it's been one thing after another. And the suffering that has been in your heart has been so much that you're really starting for the first time to have those thoughts of, are you really good? Are you really this good God that everyone says? And as I sat there on my couch this morning, I was reminded of our good friends in Uganda, Betty and Gerald. They're Ugandan. They live there. They oversee an orphanage that our other friends established there. And they have like 17 churches planted in eastern Uganda. And there's something that Betty always says. And I hope that this encourages you this morning. And you have to understand when Betty says this, when Betty and Gerald say this to one another, they have lived a very difficult life. They live in the outskirts of Uganda. They are extremely poor. They are doing huge things for the kingdom of God there. So the witch doctors are always doing stuff. Gerald was just poisoned a couple months ago by one of the witch doctors. They've had children die in their arms. They have seen the worst aspects of humanity. And this is what Betty and Gerald do when they greet other people in their church and in their community. They'll often shake one another's hands and they'll say, God is good. And then Betty and Gerald will look back and they'll whisper in the smallest voice, because that is his nature. It's not like you hear oftentimes in American churches where we say, God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And everyone just says it because that's what people say, right? But then when I hear Betty or Gerald say that, and I know the road marked with suffering that they've walked through, I know that over and over again they could question because of the things that they see where they live and the atrocities that they've witnessed. They could question more than anyone, is this God that we serve good? But instead they look you right in the eye and they say, Yes, he is good, because that is his nature. So whoever you are, I just feel so strongly that the Lord wants to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep trusting him. Keep trusting him, because he is good, and he does not change. And whatever it is, that it has been so hard and so difficult, you never know what tomorrow will bring. Amen. So take that, whoever you are, and I pray that God just brings some peace to your heart. 
So freedom, freedom is the topic that I wanna talk about this morning. And I feel like for myself and for many of us in the church, if we, were, if we were honest, if we're completely open and honest, all of us struggle with something. All of us have an area, and this is what I ask the Holy Spirit even now to begin to show you those things in our lives that always kind of come up. For some of us, it's big things like drug addiction or alcoholism or pornography or any sort of addiction that tries to grab hold of you. For me, it was food and eating disorders for years. It's the same spirit behind all of it. It's that addictive thing, that thing in us that causes us to turn to something else to fill the void, to turn to whatever our thing is that we battle with. That thing that you go, God, am I dealing with this again? Is this issue coming up again? Am I ever going to be free from this? Is this always going to have a hold on me? Is it always going to be there? And I lived that way for years and years and years with my struggles, even as a Christian. Even as a Christian, quoting scripture and saying, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. God has set me free, but I'm still battling and battling and battling. And the, the biggest problem for me was I didn't understand I didn't understand the truth of what Jesus had done on the cross. So in a very short period of time, and I can do this because I did VBS in 14 minutes or less every day over and over and over again. <laughs> so I can do this in 15. In, in, the, in the gospel, it tells us the most precious story of Adam, right? Adam was in the, the garden, and he had access to all that is God. And, and supposedly was immortal at that point. And I don't understand all that. Then we can all talk to God about it one day. But just roll with me, right? And so then, because Satan came and caused Adam and Eve to question the goodness of God's character, they ate the apple, right? They ate the apple. And in that moment, everything changed. And if you study the scriptures, and I don't have time to tell the whole story, but sin and death and all that we see around us that is evil and is part of the, the life that we encounter every day came from the fall of man. That they, that's what they call it in like scripture, you know, the fall of man, of Adam and, and the sin and the death that came into the world. But then Jesus came. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus, in one man, Jesus changed everything. And I want to read you this scripture in the message version because it's really cool the way it's written. It says, if death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, referencing Adam, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes, sovereign life, and those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift? I love that picture, like both hands just holding fast to this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting everything right that the one man, Jesus Christ, provides. This is what you have to get today. You have to get that Jesus set it all right. He set it all right. He took it back to what it should have been on the cross. That when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, it was finished. We were redeemed. We were now given opportunity for relationship with God. And all of the chains and all of the things that Satan had brought to bind us and to keep us from fulfilling the plan and the purpose of God, we had the ability to be set free from all of those things in one moment when Jesus chose to die for all of our sins. So this one man set everything life and gave us, set everything right and gave us this wildly extravagant life gift. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it's not going to come up there, but it says, the Bible says that the thief, meaning Satan, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. If you don't, if you're not aware, let me tell you today, 
The devil would love to steal, kill, and destroy your life in every way possible. For many of you, you can like, if you had a white hanky, you could wave it at me and be like, amen, sister, right? Because you've been there, done that. I have been there, done that. I have wasted years of my life bound up with junk, bound up with all kinds of mess, miserable, fighting, trying to get free. Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But there's a big but in that scripture where Jesus says, Jesus is speaking this in the book of John. And he says, but I have come to bring you life and that more abundantly. And so I'm walking with the Lord for years, but I'm still battling. I'm still battling with all my eating disorders and mess that I battled with. And I'm going, God, where is that abundant life? And I had a turning point in my life where I was sitting there on my couch. And I, we had just had my husband and I. He's in Boston this weekend, but I swear I have a husband. I, I do not just wear this ring for fun. <laughs> He's just never here with me. He's always leading worship somewhere. And so my husband came home, and we had just had our first son, and he was about three weeks old at the time, and I had just finished feeding him, and I was holding him, and I had had a bad day that day with all of my food issues. And I was in the, I was just, I was manifesting all of my issues in every possible way, and Jeremy comes in the door. And he takes one look at me. This is, this is one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit. He even speaks when you don't want him to. And Jeremy looks at me and he goes, you're struggling with all your food issues today, aren't you? And I was like, seriously? Right now? And it was really sort of brave of him because for all you women out there who have had babies, three weeks postpartum, like, I could have left off that couch and killed him in a heartbeat if I wanted to. And I was so mad. I was fuming. And I'm sitting there with this baby. And he just sort of looks at me and he's like, he left the room. He's smart. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the bedroom for a little while and leave you right there on the couch with that sweet child. And so I'm sitting there with this, my son. And I calmed down for a second because I lit into him at first. I was like, what do you know? You don't know anything about battles like this and this addictive thing and blah, 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 blah. Giving him all the reasons why I can't be free, right? All the reasons why he doesn't understand my battle. Well, he doesn't understand the chains that I wear. And so once he'd left, I was sitting there, and I said, all right, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm sick of this. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of living this battle. And all of a sudden, I had this picture. And it was of me, and I was standing in a, like a prison, right? But there was, there was like bars, but there was no door directly in front of me. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking all like haggard and bleh. And I have my wrists like this, and there's like almost like chains like hanging on my wrist, but there's nothing holding. I could have just flung them off. There was nothing holding him there. And I felt like as I kind of saw that picture in my mind's eye, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're standing in a, in a prison that I set you free from over 2,000 years ago. But you're believing the lie that you're not free. You're believing the lie that the addiction has the power, that the issue has the power, that the one thing that keeps coming up in your life has the power. And I was like, it can't be that simple, right? And Jeremy, the last words to me before he left the room, <laughs> quickly, he looked at me and he goes, pointed to our son, he goes, isn't he worth you just choosing to be free? And I was like, could I just choose to be free? Could I walk out of this prison? I say yes, because I did, and that was many years ago. I chose sitting on the couch that day that I wasn't going to live that life anymore. I was going to no longer allow Satan to kill, steal, and destroy my life. But that there was an abundant life that God had for me. 
In John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36, Jesus is teaching the Jews. These Jews happened at the time to believe in him. Um, He ticked them off enough that shortly after they left. And he says to them, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Get this part. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that last scripture, verse 36, if you look those words up in the original Greek, so if the son sets you free, the first free is really what it means, gives you liberty, sets you free from your bondage. But the second free, you will be free indeed. That free means to have your status entirely changed. Hence, the going from slaves to sons. When Jesus is standing there having this conversation with them, he is prophesying to them. He is telling the future about what he is about to do. He knows that he has come to die on the cross and in that moment this gift of life is going to be given to them and he is going to set them free he is going to give them all that they need for life and godliness all that they need to walk out of the prison all that they need is going to be in him and through him because whom the son sets free is free indeed he is going to change their status so no longer from the moment that I accepted Jesus from the moment that I had that encounter at 18 years old and I was like God I'm sick of doing things my way I know you have a purpose for me I want to live my life for you it's you or nothing God not my will but your will be done from that moment all that Jesus had already finished on the cross was mine I had access to it that is what scripture tells us and I could prove it to you but I don't have the time over and over and over again it was mine but I didn't realize it I didn't know the truth I didn't know the truth, so the truth couldn't set me free. I'm still taking scripture like this and trying to win a battle. And the Holy Spirit was teaching me about this after I began to walk out of this. And he's like, this this knowledge is one, so that you can understand what you already have. But two, so that you can go to others and show them the freedom that could be theirs. That the Son could set them free too. That there is hope in the midst of the darkest of situations. The problem is we get set free. We get this message. You hear me this morning. But the problem is we still think like slaves. I I was in a hotel one time and I turned on the television. It was that movie Huckleberry Finn. And I'm watching this movie Huckleberry Finn. And I I knew the story. If you don't know the story, it's about the little boy Huck and this man Jim who had been a slave forever. And they become very close friends. And at the end of the story, Jim is given his freedom after, Jim was probably in his 40s, I would guess. So after 40 some odd years of being a slave in the the early days of this country and all that he lived through, he's suddenly given his freedom. And you know what I thought at the end of that movie? I wondered how hard it would be for Jim to stop thinking like a slave. You hear that? When we've been living in bondage, for years and years and years, and we've been living, struggling, what happens is we start to believe that those things are a part of who we are. We start to believe we don't even remember what life was like without those battles, without those struggles. 
And so we have this slave mentality. And so someone like me comes along and says, oh, God set you free. You're free. You're free. I wonder how long it took Jim to stop thinking like a slave after he'd been in bondage for that long, after he had been whipped and beaten and kept outside the master's house to suddenly be told that he is a son, that he is a son who has a place in the permanent place in the family. That's a hard, hard rewiring of the brain. But I believe that that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. For some of us, he wants to come in and he wants to point out the areas some of you might not even have realized walking in this, this room today, but even now the Holy Spirit is bringing it to you. You know that thing last week that kept coming up? I don't want you to be in bondage to that. I don't want you to have to fight that battle in your mind. I believe that there's one, one key that makes this work because I have, obviously my area was in eating disorders, and so I help a lot of women that struggle in that area, whatever yours happens to be, but this is what I see. We never get free with our eyes on ourselves. We never get free looking at our battle. We never get free looking at our issues. I didn't. I certainly didn't, and I've never seen anyone else successfully do it. Freedom comes when we get our eyes up of ourselves and onto him. And freedom comes when we get our eyes off of ourselves and onto others. And suddenly the battle that we're fighting pales in comparison to what God is doing in us and through us. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul writes, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Some of you got to take your stand today. Take your stand and turn your back. Don't try to fight it. Turn your back on it and walk away. Shift your focus. Stop telling it it has to obey the word of God. It has no power over you. Turn your back on it and walk away. Say, God, I will glorify you. My lips will praise you. I am walking away from this thing that has tried to destroy the last 15 years of my life. And I am going to live the life that you have for me today. I'm going to fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for me today. And I'm going to turn my back and take a stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. How? Jump to verse 13. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in one single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. So what this tells me is that for my freedom to stand, for me not to end up back where I was at 23 years old, my life has to be turned outward. I can't be walking around looking at myself, looking at my issues, looking at my struggles, looking at my battle. Yes, for those of us who have battled addictions and pornography and different things, I, for my battle with eating disorders, you got to have some serious boundaries in place. But those boundaries are not so that you can focus solely on the battle. Those boundaries are to create a safeguard around you so you can focus on the purpose, so that you can focus on him, so that you can focus on fulfilling his call on your life. Does that make sense? My prayer is that, that the Holy Spirit would do this in our hearts and not in our heads. And I believe with all of my heart that there are many, many of us here today that are going to find freedom in areas that we have been battling and wanting to be free. 
Some of us are already walking out that path. Does that mean that this thing is never going to try and rear its ugly head again? No, it's going to do it a lot. What's going to be different is how you respond to it. Don't stand in the prison anymore when you don't have to. I look back on those 12 years that every day of my life was spent battling at some point, And I see where I am now and what it's like to be free. And, oh, I mean, literally, it just grips my heart when I see someone else. And I want to go, no, on the other side of freedom, let me tell you, you can live without thinking about it every day. You can live without it pulling on you every day. You can live with a joy and a freedom and a purpose like you've never known. I know I've lived it. I've been there. And if I could somehow take it and put it inside of us, I would. But only the Holy Spirit can. So I ask you that as David comes to call us to a time of prayer, that you would respond to him. Because all that you want is yours this morning. It has been made perfectly clear by the Holy Spirit from start to finish that he is here to free us. He is here to open our eyes to what was already completed when Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this room, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to move among us in a powerful way, that you would begin to speak to our hearts, and that not one of us, God, would leave here the same. In Jesus' name, amen.